Well, hello everyone. Welcome to this unedited and unscripted version of the Tech Doctor podcast. We do this one every time there is a major Apple event, such as the one today on September the 7th, 2022. With me, as always, are the other two tech doctors, David Woodbridge and Allison Malloy. Um, Allison, uh, how are you? I am doing great. You know, I'm always happy on Apple Day. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like Apple Day. And David, how's it going for you? I'm happy too. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, we got happy people here. So That's it. We're just going to dive right in and go through what was covered in the event so that people listening will have an idea of what happened. So as usual, Tim uh, came on stage and said that we're going to be featuring three products in this event, the new iPhone, the new AirPods Pro, and a whole bunch of stuff about new Apple Watches. So that's where we're headed here. And they started out with the Apple Watch, talking about what a good companion it is. And they shared a video about all these letters that have come in. People have written Tim about how the watch has been really great and saved their lives in many occasions, including such things as plane crashes and heart attacks and things like that. People have really apparently gotten a lot of help from the watch, and it's made it the most popular smartwatch for the last seven years. Uh, Jeff came on stage and um, began talking about the Series 8 Apple Watch. Sounds like it's going to have a very nice display, always on, swim-proof, dust-proof, all that good stuff. And I am just curious what you guys are thinking about Apple Watch 8. I'm excited because I lost my Apple Watch Series 6 in my most recent move. I have not been able to find it. So I need a new Apple Watch. This is basically a, a Series 7 with some extra sensors, but, but the extra sensors, the temperature sensors, are really what kind of excite me about this watch because it's going to have um, ovulation detection um, through some magic that I don't really understand um, that Apple does while people are sleeping. Um, and I'm excited because this is going to be the very first accessible means, I believe, ever that a blind woman will have of tracking independently when she's ovulating. So I am I am so excited for this technology. The watch was, itself is kind of just okay, but I'm really excited for that sensor. Well, I was going to ask you about that, Allison. It seemed like, from my impression at least, that the temperature sensors really a sort of, according to what I got from it, complete what Apple needs to do to really be able to successfully track ovulation and, and women's uh, reproductive health. Was that kind of the impression that you got? Yes, it was. Yeah, it's because exciting. Because they already have cycle tracking. Yeah, it's, it's going to be revolutionary. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad about that. David, what are your impressions of Watch Series 8? Well, I did like the, the cycle tracking, so the, the ovulation stuff for women in particular. And what it, <clears throat> what it has is two sensors. So there's one underneath in your skin and there's one underneath the display. And what the one underneath the display does, it actually takes the reading from the, the environmental temperature 
and then it, it then makes sure that the one coming off your skin is calibrated properly with the the, env- the environment. So not take, you know, if it's hot, the environment, but your temperature's still fine, then it's it's not going to get, or the, your temperature's raised, it's not the environment temperature that you're getting, it's your body temperature. So that was good. Um, <clears throat> the next one that I, I really liked is the vehicle emergency crash detection where the the better accelerometer um, and the gyroscope stuff will actually detect a, a full-on crash in a car. And they did me- mention pas- passenger vehicles, SUVs, and trucks, which is what I call utes, all that sort of stuff in Australia, the three-letter Aussie word. Um, and the other thing that, <clears throat> that got my attention was the low power mode so it's not the low power mode that you get with the current apple watch where you can't use voiceover just has the watch face this is just turning off some sensors so i'm assuming things like um gps that sort of stuff so that then you can get up to 36 hours of battery life out of the watch and that got re re me very excited about that particular part of the watch yeah, I'm excited about that too. Any speculation about what that will or won't do for voiceover <clears throat> users, the, the low power mode? No, look, I was really lucky to have an Apple person um, talking to me via iMessage <laughs> while I was actually watching the um, Apple TV keynote, which I thought was very lovely. <clears throat> and I did ask them that question. <clears throat> and they said, well, as far as she was concerned, it's going to operate the same as low power mode that's on the iPhone. Okay. Oh, um, it's not going to be the, the low power mode that you get in the current watch. So as she said, as far as she knows, which basically, you know, don't quote me, um, it'll stop right the same as the iPhone. So when the iPhone goes in the low power mode, it'll be the same on the Apple Watch. All right. Well, very good. Yeah, I think that low power mode will be nice for a lot of people who need a little more battery out of that watch. And I'm also thinking about when I go for the new Apple Watch that I may go for the stainless steel version for the first time. I've always gone with the aluminum one, but the stainless mm. steel seems like it's a lot more scratch proof. So I think that was the one they also said, besides having the sapphire glass, is that the edges will put up more for being bashed up against things. Um, I think that's what they were talking about because I'm often, I mean, my watch I'm currently wearing now has got slight chips around the, the sides of it where the glass meets the, the case. And, and I just remembered something, getting back to that temperature sensor, the temperature sensor will only operate at night time when you're asleep, but it will also work as a general temperature sensor as well. So if you're a male and you're not ovulating, Robert, then um, you'll be able to actually just check your body temperature <laughs> during yeah, the night as well. So it's that's also available for, for males as well, if you like. Works for men and women, but it's especially great for, for women and, and oh, absolutely. reproductive yep, yep. tracking. That's, yep. I think that's awesome. Yep. Uh, it's going to be available September 16th, and you can pre-order it today, they said. They also mentioned the Apple Watch SE. Do you all have any thoughts or experience with the SE? I, I really don't. I'm glad they offer an, a, a more price-conscious, affordable watch for those who need one. Seems like it's especially great for kids, and it seems like it has a fair amount of features, but not nearly as much as the regular Apple Watch. Any thoughts about it, Allison? No. Our Dave, go ahead. Okay, sorry. It's a real cut-down version of the Apple Watch 8, so there's about three things that you don't get on it that you do with the Apple Watch Series 8, and one of them is um, the ECG function. So that's not on the the 8, it's only on the SE. Um, and I'm fairly sure 
the a the SE only comes in aluminium. It doesn't come in stainless steel. Um, so it's sort of like the old. What was it? Not the old aluminium ones, but it's. I, I always see any aluminium Apple Watch as a bit of a waste of time because it's not as well protected as the Steel Series. Um, so I just I just tend to go for it. So when I ordered, I ordered. Oh, I haven't ordered it. Uh, sorry, I've ordered it now. I've ordered the Apple Watch Eight for my father-in-law. Um, sorry, sorry, that's my. What is that talking? iPhone, I think. Um, I've ordered the Apple Watch Eight. So I had a look at the Apple Watch uh, SE, and I thought, yeah, no. Um, so I ordered the Apple Watch and I ordered the 45mm version because he's now in his 70s and I want him to get the full advantage out of the large print watch face so he can just glance down at it and get the, and get the time. Plus I also ordered him the, the cellular version so when he's out and about um, and he leaves his iPhone behind, he's still they've got the, the connectivity. So I, I see the iPhone SE as just a... It's an entry-level Apple Watch, but if you want the full benefit, then you definitely really need to go for the, the Apple Watch 8 itself. I must admit, I, I feel I some little agree. slight disappointment that you ordered one for your father-in-law and not one for me, but that's just for the me. way it goes. Yeah, or <laughs> Allison. But that's just the way it I goes, know. I guess. I know. Right. Indeed. Well, the Apple Watch Ultra. Um, this is the one for you, David. This is the one that you cannot break no matter how hard you bang it against your car when you wash it are you going to get one of those no okay (laughs) no i look i did like the action button that was very cool um but it seems to be the action button seemed to be preset for workouts or diving because this the ultra watch is basically a sports watch so it's like the what's it called the garmin whatever it's called, sports watch. So, yeah, you know, it's for diving, it's for, you know, ultra-type sports, it's for being, or what you guys, what do they call it? The backcountry? Yes. So we would call that, we would call that going to the, going bush, but, you know, the, the backcountry. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which I thought right. was very quaint. Yeah. Any thoughts from you, Allison, about the ultra? Yeah, some interesting things that I kind of liked from it are that action button, which I have read can be, um, customized to do a number of things and that's going to open up even more um, to app developers and the fact that the side button stands out a little bit more and the digital crown is somewhat bigger so for people for whom tactile perception is an issue I could see this technology being really useful on um, the less expensive versions of the Apple Watch I'm hoping that it might eventually come to to newer versions as they come out. Yeah, that's a great point. So you can operate it with the gloves on and in all yeah. kinds of circumstances. 60 hours of battery life with, with, with a mm. new optimal setting, they said, coming later this fall. So, I mean, it seems like it's going to be really for people who want to want to do these rugged things, which I'm far too old to do, but maybe you young young folks will all get one and go out and do some rugged things. I hope so. Now, not to steal the, the, the light out of the iPhone, but did they also mention that the Apple Watch will also work with the emergency satellite and find my function as well? I did not hear that. Say, it didn't say. Yeah. yeah. I have a funny feeling it probably won't be because I'm assuming it's going to have to be via your iPhone, which has got mm-hmm. the, what is it, the L1 and the L5 antennas in it, but we'll get on to that later. But yeah. Um, I, when I heard about it, I just thought, yeah, it's a it's a full ultra sports watch. I can I can sort of do without that for the time being. 
apparently it does have the L5 antenna, right, which which is going to make it uh, good for GPS situations. GPS too, that's right. Yeah, yeah, true. So I, I think it is an interesting uh, entry into the Apple Watch market. We've been hearing forever that this has been rumored that there's going to be such a thing. It even has a siren that you can sound off if you need help and you're out in the woods and you hope somebody will hear the siren and come help you. I guess it might also be really great for scaring off bears. If one should come up and uh, try to get after you the way they do in Asheville, North Carolina, where we were earlier this summer, it's been certified for scuba diving and uh, it's only going to cost you in the U.S. at least $799, all the various models they have. Yeah, it starts at $12.99 in Australia. So uh, you can get it on September 23rd, and you can order it today if you like. Let's move on. We're trying to do this quickly here because we have other obligations to get to, and so we're not going to shortchange you, but we're going to move you along pretty fast. Tim came back and talked about the new AirPods Pro, which I'm actually excited about. They have a couple things that I've been looking forward to. Better noise cancellation and a touch-sensitive volume control. They're supposed to be more comfortable for everyone, uh, better audio processing, a lot of spatial audio stuff, which is uh, configured based on the size and shape of your head and the size and shape of your ears. What do you guys think about the new AirPods Pro, Allison? Are, are you in the market for some? Potentially. I, I use my AirPods Pro more. I usually have just one in my ear when I am either on the bus or in the office. I love the idea of the touch-sensitive uh, volume control the spatial the customized spatial audio at least from the testing that i've been able to do on ios 16 the process is not yet fully accessible but hopefully that will change um i do like the idea of the um transparency mode kind of cutting out um more awful sounds like construction making those higher pitch sounds a little easier to bear and the better uh, noise cancellation again for for on the bus so yes that's a maybe that's a that's a maybe yeah I, i'm a big Air, airpods fan so it's it's probably a little bit more than a maybe for me but i'm excited about them how about you david oh well, i'm extremely excited <laughs> i i'd put a like a a, a an 11 star on this one because a few of the things that I've been absolutely waiting for are now on the new AirPods Pro. So a couple of the ones is that you can now find your blasted case when you put the case down somewhere. Yeah, and the um, case even has a speaker now. It does. I know, and that's really cool. Now, they were talking about something about the individual AirPods or the case will give you the charge or do something weird. So I didn't quite understand that, but it's definitely got a, sp- which I'm assuming the speaker's there, so it actually plays the sound that you're playing on the, with Find My. But I just thought, oh, isn't it wonderful that I can now find my AirPods Pro case? So that was number one. Number two, which I got very excited about, was the fact that you can now charge it either via your Apple Watch charger or via an, a general um, key charger. So I thought, well, yes, please, I'll have that as well. Um, so I sort of like, I sort of faded out a bit when they started talking about the noise cancellation and the transparency mode and how better it sounded and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, yeah, no, I just want to be able to find mine and I want to be able to find my case and I want to not just have it 
you know, it, I can charge it on a key charger at the moment, but the fact that I can also charge it on my Apple Watch charger is actually quite nifty. So it's almost like, you know, when when Apple sort of upgrades their hardware like they've done with the, you know, the Apple Watch and the, um, the AirPods Pro and this one, it's like they're, they're gradually getting it to the stage where it's sort of where it probably should have been in the beginning, but they're just like upgrading it um, incrementally so we're sort of getting closer and closer to the ideal of what we'd imagine that type of device being that's a good way to put it I, I noticed that you know with the airpods 3 that they, they really sound great and they're much improved and i suspect the same kind of incremental improvements are likely to be there with these new airpods pros they're 249 in the u.s how much they're going to cost you in australia 329 okay you just pay more there. But the good news is Australians have a lot more money than the people in yeah. the U.S. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I've heard. that's what I've always heard, and, and yep. especially the, the Woodbridge family. Uh, you can uh, order them on uh, September the 9th, and uh, I believe they will be available on September 23rd. They will be. Mm. Yeah, so that's, that is exciting. I'm I'm a little bit uh, stressed over all this because I want to buy all these things and we're about to do a major renovation job on our house, which is going to suck money like crazy, but I can't let my Apple products down, so i got to do it all. <laughs> Just got to oh, do dear. it all. You're not, getting, you're not telling me you're going to get an IPHONE, are you? Oh, I'm going to get one. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get one of those Robert, iPhones. Yeah. Shocked. <laughs> yeah, I know you're surprised. But anyway. All right, I'll start, I'm going to start arguing with you as soon as we start talking about it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about it. Let's, let's start with the regular iPhone. Uh, what do you guys think about the, the two models? The iPhone 14, uh, there's a 6.1 inch and there's a 6.7 inch plus model they did they went went back to the plus word with the with, with these guys here what, any thoughts i was shocked that it still had the a15 bionic processor i mean it seems like a like a quite nice phone um and certainly if you want a slightly bigger phone um without all the pro features i could see the and the battery and with the battery life i could see the 6.7 being a being a good solution certainly if you're still on like an 11 or a 12 it's kind of a, a no-brainer i would i would upgrade to either the the 14 or the pro but um i don't know compared to the 13 or the 13 pro especially um that there's enough to really i mean to make it worth upgrading to this, either the 14 or the 14 plus. David, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, probably similar comments to Alison. Um, I would say if you if already got a 13, then don't bother upgrading. I, I mean, I've got an iPhone 12 price, so I'm not going to bother upgrading to the, the 14. Um, <clears throat> if you've got an 11, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's worthwhile. There was nothing in the 14, um, that went anywhere near convincing me that I should actually go anywhere near upgrading. Um, I'm you actually get rid of your a... SIM tray. Isn't that isn't that worth it? <laughs> no, because I don't live in the United States, Robert. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> so you don't use a SIM card anyway. You just y- yell out the window, we need to call someone or what? That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's the old okay. grapevine. It's the old bush telegraph. So, uh, okay. um, yeah, so so we, we do actually already have eSIMs here in Australia, but we're, we're holding on to our, electri- our physical SIM trays for the moment because um, they just said, when they, in the thing, they just said in the US only. Um, they didn't mention the rest of the world. So apparently you guys are losing yours and we're keeping ours for the moment. All right. Well, what do you think about this new feature where the iPhone can, in emergency situations, connect to a satellite and it, it becomes a satellite phone? Yeah. Accuracy of lives. Yeah. I mean, I guess we've got to be careful. It's, it's actually, well, it's a, it's, a satellite, it's a satellite emergency SOS function because it's exactly. not actually going to make phone calls. It's going to be do, you've got pre-ordered or preset emergency things that you can dial and, and get access to emergency services and then going to set up relay points um, around the world starting in the US and Canada so you can still get to uh, emergency services. Find My will also work with it, which is really good if somebody's gone off the beaten track off Wi-Fi cellular and you just, cellular and you just need to find out where they are. So that's absolutely brilliant. So um, to me, that would probably be the only selling point plus the fact that both iPhones so the 14 and the Pro version will have the crash detection. That's also very important as well. Um, so I, I guess if you're a person that was doing a heck of a lot of travel in your car in particular, um, or, you know, for blind and low vision people, being in a, a car when you go visit people and clients and customers, all that sort of stuff, then, you know, the crash detection and the satellite emergency, I think would be just one of those two things to be very reassuring to know that at the end of the day, you can still get help when you need it. Yeah, I was a little perplexed um, uh, talking about the crash detection on the phone, and they just talked about it on the watch, and they did mention that the two kind of work together, but it seems like Mm -hmm. either or would also work was the impression I got. Is that how you understand it? I sort of understood it was only the iPhone because they mentioned the L1 and the L5 band because I don't know how much antenna you need to get to the signal strength because what they were talking about was that you actually have to point your watch, sorry, point your iPhone where the satellites are. So you'll be running running an app that tells you because the satellite's moving, it'll tell you when the phone will detect a satellite and that's when you that's when the connection's established. Yeah, I pulled a nasty mention- trick on you. I, I mentioned crash detection. I don't know exactly how I went from satellites to crash detection. But, <laughs> but somehow I, I, I made that leap. Um, oh, did you? But, okay. but, but you're right, of course. The, this, the satellite stuff is only on the phone. Yeah. So look, I told you, Robert, you, once you retire, mate, that's it. Uh, if we had a little more time i would explore exactly what you mean by that but (laughs) good good point yes well 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 caught yeah so look um well there must be for the emergency detection in both of them i guess they must have both the upgraded accelerometer and the the gyroscope to you know because i'm assuming the the crash is like you know in excess of I don't know it must be what forty miles fifty miles an hour or something so or they're just taking into account that you can't run faster than I don't know twenty miles an hour or something and so if you detect a hard stop and yeah what did they say detect it would detect front collision rear collision side collision and rolls yes 
So that's pretty amazing type technology. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be really helpful. We just made two trips across the country uh, this spring and summer, and it would really be nice to have the assurance that if something mm. unfortunate like that did happen, it, your your technology could help you out in that instance. What are mm. your thoughts, Allison? Well, I think um, that the like I said, I think the satellite's gonna gonna save lives, and the and the crash detection is. Uh, is awesome because for those of us right now, like me who don't currently have an Apple watch, um, I would feel safer, especially riding in, uh, in paratransit buses and also in random, um, Ubers where you don't always know, you know, the person who is driving and how well they're driving. And if, if something happens, you know, just having, having that crash detection and knowing that, that, um, help could be on the way very quickly, um, is, is very reassuring. I like that it's coming to the phones. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I think that th- these are, are really good phones. I, like you, Allison, was a little uh, m- m- disappointed or surprised, I guess, in some ways about the A15 chip. I guess that, that makes sense from a, from a standpoint of, of what these phones are, are, are for who they're marketing them towards. It's a good chip. And, uh, but it's, it's not, it's not what's in the, the pro, um, they got two, two pro models, uh, again, uh, with, with a new, uh, a 16, uh, bionic chip. And, uh, uh, they talked a lot about some of the new interface capabilities, uh, like this new dynamic island, I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what that's going to do uh, for voiceover users, and I have a feeling that Dr. Woodbridge must have some thought about that, or else we would not have heard that awful sound <laughs> that just came across the podcasting wires. David, what are you trying to tell us, sir? Uh, that was either a mouse noise or a fart. One of the yeah, two. Yeah, um, both. <laughs> Look, I think it's a gimmick, honestly, because your notifications pop up anyway. Why do you need to dedicate a part of the screen just to give you notifications or other information about your travel and so on? I just and just well, it might, might, it, might it be a real visual thing though? I mean, it might it might well, be great if you're looking at it. Yeah, I I was just sitting there going, what a excuse the excuse the Australian lingo here. What a wanky thing to 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 to, to call something dynamic island. I was like, really, guys, what 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 marketing department did you explore about trying to come up with that particular term? Because I just think it's just silly. But you're right from a visual point of view. Maybe it pops out and you know, it's floating above the other information on the screen, hence the word island, and it changes, so hence the word dynamic, and it's very easy to see because it pops out at you. And and I just thought, well, are you really saying your notification stuff's then rubbish, or why didn't you just make the whole notification systems the dynamic island, and then you decide what things you want on your dynamic island? Did the Apple person that you were texting with have any comment on... The island no. and voiceover? No. No. So we don't so I'd really... like to offer a slightly alternate point of view to that. Good for you, Allison. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, I do agree that dynamic island is, is kind of dumb. Like, it's just silly. But um, it's just Apple being Apple and putting, like, you know, woo-woo language around all their stuff. But, um, but I like 
the notion of what the dynamic island could be because sometimes now when you are trying to reach a notification up top and trying to hit it before it goes away sometimes you have to be quite precise in where you touch in the top of the screen so i guess what i'm hoping this dynamic island will be is a bigger area of the screen to be able to do that so you don't necessarily have to be quite so precise yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what it does or doesn't do for voiceover users. Yeah. Yeah, and look, I should say to people, I'm actually going to be learning all this stuff from Apple anyway. So even though I'm, you know, I'm buying stuff for other people, I'll be learning, you know, the Apple Watch, the iPhone, whatever else I need to to borrow to do some. Did I say it? Podcasting. I know I was going to stop podcasting, but this might be a special event just to do a couple of podcasts on. So, and I, I have a funny feeling that Dynamic Island. Either voiceover will jump to it when it detects it, or it'll be a certain action function on your rotor that you can just jump to it directly from your rotor or do something else like that. So, but you're right, Robert and Nelson, it'll be to see how it integrates with voiceover. This is the first time I've heard them make a statement like this as pointedly, but they they made a statement about this new chip saying, unlike the competition, who's still trying to catch up with the iPhone 11 chip. Wasn't that interesting? (laughs) It was a very pointed comment, wasn't it? I thought, ooh, real. (laughs) (laughs) Who let the cats out? Dear me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like the competition is, uh, is is heating up or something, but I haven't heard heard them do do that too often. It, mm. it sounds like a, a really great uh, camera system. I don't know. I, I was hoping to hear something about some of the accessibility features, like door detection, for example. You mm. guys know anything about any of that? I have I a funny feeling. Yeah, I've got a funny feeling it's only going to. Well, hang on, door detection's in the. Is it a pro version 16. or a general? Yeah, you need you need a pro. Yeah, because you need yeah. lidar. Yeah. So that means so uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, you're still going to need a pro to do the lidar stuff. I just I'm hoping that the 48 megapixel camera in the iPhone Pro 14 is going to offer a little bit more detailed stuff for object recognition. Um, I don't know how better we can get it OCR, but augmentative reality. That sort of stuff is going to be very interesting. Depends on how much more benefit that higher pixel ratio um, gives it for accessibility type stuff. I hope so too. I'm thinking that it that it probably that that's likely, and that's one of the reasons, honestly, that that I buy the Pro is because I I think I have the best shot at doing the kinds of things that I do in terms of. Uh, OCR and and uh, GPS and and those kinds of activities on the pro phone. What what do you think, Allison? I would definitely agree. Um, really, just battery life alone for me, there's just always been a, a huge difference. But yeah, it the pro model has those more cutting edge features that I think we as blind people really need. You know, especially, and, and, and people always kind of make fun of me because I want the better camera, but I use Ira all the time. I use less frequently OCR apps, but I use um, Seeing AI to, to um, identify currency and, and anything that I can use that will take that, that a better camera can can take better advantage of. I mean, it's to me, it's it's worth it. Plus, I get the phone on, on like a payment plan anyway, so who cares, you know? 
I'm really hoping for me personally that there will be some really great improvements in things like uh, barcode reading and identification and then yes. connecting to good information about what the what's available about that barcode, f- food ingredients, for example, or cooking instructions, mm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, I'm also hoping too that the object recognition uh, for environmental stuff gets a lot better because it still reckons my treadmill is a, a some sort of weird type of spatial heater type thing um still reckons my guide dog at different angles is an elephant because of a tail (laughs) apparently being a trunk um so that's what i have to i mean i hope the object recognition gets very much more precise because of the you know the more resolution in the camera and the more stuff they can do with that particular image so that's what i'm i'm really looking forward to so that i mean my wife's getting the pro version anyway so the iphone 14 pro because he also wanted a purple phone, so now eventually she's got now got a purple phone. The only thing I wish the things would have had, both the iPhone and the iPhone Pro, would have been two things, Touch ID and the power button and the USB-C port. Yeah, those didn't happen. But I will, I will tell you this, David. If you have a guide elephant and you give that forward command, you better hang on real tight. <laughs> or you better just ride it. <laughs> yeah, you better just ride it. It's guaranteed to get through crowds very effectively, particularly on the railway station. It's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and you're going to have really great visibility way up there. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, mate. Yep. All right. Well, this new iPhone Pro, uh, both versions are going to be, uh, well, starting at $9.99 US. I don't know about Australia, $10.99 for the max and I, I don't know that those have actually gone up in price have they i think they're the same no they're no, keeping no, them the same price because there's a whole bunch of articles about how in spite of inflation apple is keeping the the prices mm. the same which i really which i really appreciate yeah and there's yeah, a lot of, there were a lot of rumors early on about price mm. increases and all that mm. yeah look I, I think in australia it's about 1200 for the iphone 14 and about 1700 or something for the the iphone pro so, but it, you're right. It's exactly the same price as what the iPhone 13 and the 13 Pro were, were for. So, um, which is actually really nice. So, and then yeah. you've got the, and they didn't. I'm assuming the SE is still available because they didn't mention the SE. So I'm assuming the SE third generation is still available. They did. Yeah, they they mentioned it as kind of like at the starting point of. The oh, did they? Oh, I didn't. I didn't even US. notice that bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, didn't I, I, I missed that too. But yeah, they didn't say it wasn't available. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming that it probably is. You can mm. pre-order on September the 9th, this coming Friday, and you can have it delivered if you're lucky enough to get in on the first batch on September 16th. And uh, I, I know we, we need to bring this to a close, David, but I'm a little surprised to hear you say you're not uh, interested in upgrading from the iPhone 12 Pro. You just don't see enough of a difference if you have a 12 Pro, which is what I have. No, and that's why I'm going to borrow stuff from Apple um, because I can then uh, compare the iPhone 12 Pro to the 14 Pro. Um, I'm also getting my hands on an iPhone 14 as well, so I can compare that to something. I might pinch my my wife's iPhone 11, which I'm just going to be upgrading. Um, and then like that, I'll, I'll compare the Apple Watch 7 to the 8 and the AirPods 
third generation to the second generation. <laughs> it's it's actually getting very wordy lately, isn't it? Yes. You've really got to try and keep your brain in order, try and work out what version of what is what you're talking about. So right, you've got the third um, generation AirPods and the second generation Air AirPods Pro. So yes, it, they're going to keep you a little bit on your toes trying to figure. Oh, that's right. I said third. I said third gen AirPods Pro. It's second gen AirPods Pro, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, but look, I think it's. I think it's a good uh, incremental update overall. I think the iPhone 8 is growing up. The AirPods Pro is certainly growing up. And I just see the iPhone 14 as a, tra- as a sort of a transition incremental update between the 13 and the 15 next year, which I'm assuming will be a bit few more things like the USB-C port and so on. Yeah, and you could almost say that every year. You know, obviously, uh, next year is going to be have its own unique excitement, and one could mm-hmm. wait forever if they weren't if they weren't like Allison and me, and just make sure we buy one when they when they come out. What are your final thoughts, Allison? This this event in general, and just kind of how you felt. What, what were you left with after it all? Well, I was left feeling excited like I always am after an Apple event, and they're going to be getting a good bit of my money, I think, this year. I don't think for the first time, though, I do not think I'm going to go for the Pro Max um, because I've been using, just because of circumstances, I've been using a 13 Pro recently now, and I like the, the form factor. I love it for Braille screen input, so I think I will be going for the 14 Pro. The Pro Max is just a little bit too big and unnecessarily so um and i think that the battery life is going to be good enough on either one that um that it really won't matter um yeah good good event um i you know it i just think that i i personally like these um these pre-recorded events with the nice transitions um and the recorded videos better than the live event with all the the clapping and woohooing and you know it just kind of it makes it nicer and it makes it flow and go a little faster me too i'm a fan go ahead david and look i'm assuming the people that got invited along there the only advantage that they're going to be getting now is that they they go and get hands-on after the event so they obviously watched it the way we were Mm -hmm. but then hopefully they can go and talk to people and actually get hands-on so because it was a, a an invite thing to the Apple Park, the Steve Jobs Theatre. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they got exactly what we got, but they get them all the hands-on afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't even mention the people who were there in person, at least not no. that I heard. So, oh, well. No, because I, I, I noticed on Twitter, um, you know, Jason, um, was it Michael, uh, and a few other people that I follow from the Twit network and so on, they were lined up at the door ready to go in. So... It was definitely an audience in the auditorium. And then, like they said, at the end of it, um, they then go downstairs and have a look at what's going on. Very cool. I, I, I like you all, it really enjoyed the event. I thought it, I think it's incremental is the right word. I think they're moving forward just in about the way I would expect them to. I'm excited about the new products and I'm going to take advantage of several of them myself. And 
I think we have done what we can to sort of give you a thumbnail sketch of what happened on uh, on the event. If you really want to see the event, I encourage everyone to go back and watch uh, the video. It, it's really great, especially with all the excellent audio description. And I agree with Allison. I, I love the way they do these events now. So that's going to bring it to a close for us. I'm going to get this published right away so that you can hear all about it. And this is Robert, one of the tech doctors, saying so long for now. And this is Allison saying bye, everyone. And this is David from the land down under saying see you later and bye for now.